This is Womanhood. Welcome to Womanhood, a podcast created to empower and give voice to all women's experiences, which are typically stigmatized and silenced in society. I'm your host, Mimi Healy. Hi, today I'm speaking with Maisha T. Hill, who is an author, educator, activist, mental health advocate, entrepreneur, and mother. She is the founder of Check Your Privilege, an organization which guides your journey to deepen your awareness into how your actions affect Black, Brown, and Indigenous people of color. She's also the founder of Brown Sisters Speak, a nonprofit organization which increases awareness of mental health issues affecting women of color and the stigmas surrounding them. She is also a life synergist. She will champion you towards your goals by helping you develop a winning mindset, defeat overwhelming patterns, and create sustainable solutions that lead to a synergistic lifestyle. Maisha is absolutely amazing. She's based in Oakland, California. She does so much, and I'm so honored to have her on the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Aisha T. Hill. I am an awesome and exhausted mother of three. I'm an anti-racism guide, a mental health activist, speaker, and, you know, some people call me a coach. I walk with folks to dismantle their relationships with the system of domination through Check Your Privilege. Um, And I teach women and men how to live a more synergistic lifestyle um, by push, like, debunking this work-life balance myth and really bringing a synergistic approach to their life and to their businesses. Um, And I'm also the founder of Brown Sisters Speak, which is a mental health empowerment organization uh, for women of color. Uh, And we've launched our men's group to also provide therapy stipends to men, women, boys, and girls of color across the country. On womanhood, the first question that I like to ask everyone is, what does being a woman mean to you? Or you can take that as like, what do you love about being a woman or identifying with, you know, femininity or motherhood, however you'd like to take that? Sure. Uh, What does being a woman mean to me? You know, that's an easy, but it's still a complex question because as women, we live intersectional lives, right? And so Audre Mm -hmm. Lorde said it best, like, there's no such thing as a single issue struggle because we don't leave single issue lives. And so I, I like to look at me as a woman from the intersectional approach. Shout out to Dr. Kimberly Crenshaw. And that's really looking at my identity as a woman, a black woman, a mother, um, a daughter, an ancestor, um, really a person or a woman who embodies the matriarchal energy while trying to balance both sides of the yin and the yang, the masculine and the feminine, but really Mm -hmm. leaning into the giftedness of matriarchy and really leaning and leading from the heart um, and from a feeling space and not just a thinking space at all times. So for me, 
um, womanhood represents the embodiment of our full self as women, bringing all the labors together, seeing ourselves as intersectional and really living into the fullness of who we are uh, from the matriarch point and perspective. Intersectionality was coined in 1989 by Professor Kimberly Crenshaw to describe how race, class, gender, and other individual characteristics intersect with one another and overlap. It's a theoretical framework for understanding how aspects of a person's social and political identities might combine and overlap to create unique modes of discrimination and privilege. Intersectionality identifies advantages and disadvantages that are felt by people due to a combination of factors. So I'll start with asking about check your privilege. I know that you're an author and also have a huge social media presence. So what are some ways that you teach others how to do this and use this platform to check your privilege and help others check their privilege? Yeah, one of the ways that we approach this work, um, myself, and then there's also a collective of educators that we also work with, is really looking at it from the self point of view, the self perspective. Because when you think about white supremacy, patriarchy, privilege, oppression, we always want to look at it from the form of an other as if we don't need to identify with it. So one of the things that we always do is we lead from the self perspective, seeing one's common humanity with others, but really taking full responsibility and ownership of their relationship with privilege and systematic oppression and, and racism. Um, mm-hmm. And so we start with always self-examining. And then we look at teaching people the concept of niching down their journey. Because what tends to happen is we see this movement of Black lives and taking action. And action is great. We want consistent and constant action. But you also have to look inside and do your own healing work. Right. So the work mm-hmm. of Chinese is actually guiding folks on their healing journey, helping them look at their mm-hmm. relationship with domination, the relationship with power, relationship with bias and unpacking that so that they can see all the ways in which these harmful behaviors show up in proximity to blackness, in proximity to indigenous peoplehood and in proximity to our Latinx community, our Southeast Asian and Asian and Pacific Islander community. So it's really about us helping folks to look at their self, unpack their relationship with their behaviors, and really take them on a healing journey so that they can show up in action in a less harmful way. So it's really, again, a person first perspective, but really reinforcing niching down your journey. Um, and then also the work requiring community and relationship but centering the black and brown leaders in the movement. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. And especially now with, you know, all the, there's so many protests happening and all the like amazing things that are happening right now surrounding black lives matter. And I think people just taking that time, hopefully people are taking the time um, to check their privilege and really look inside and have an introspective view of how their actions affect others. But how have you seen just in the last, you know, month or two that kind of the Black Lives Matter movement has, you know, picked up a bit of traction? How have you seen the work that you do through Check Your Privilege come to help people and, you know, support people at, at this time? 
Um, I've seen really people really being eager to take the step into recognizing their privilege and their inherent bias and racism. Um, mm-hmm. I've also seen what's expected. We get to week seven or eight of any form of transformation, right? When you think of transforming your life and you're building habits, anytime you get to that halfway point, which is between weeks four and eight of a change, is when it's super easy to give up before you get started. Um, mm-hmm. But what I have seen people do is actually co- keep committing to the process. And so one of the ways Check Your Privilege has seen this is that through our co-conspirators lounge, which is our membership space, we've seen people like we have people form pods in smaller communities within our huge membership platform so that they can stay committed to the process. And so within these pods, they are reading books. They are, are usually they have the same educator or resource. Sometimes it's me, sometimes it's other educators. Um, Mm -hmm. They all have nonprofit organizations that they are all working through and, and keeping each other accountable. So that's the cool thing about Check Your Privileges, this whole concept of community and accountability um, and actually restoring harm in community that I've actually seen kind of shifting and changing um, mm-hmm. with the, the yeah. Check Your Privilege community. Um, because we really, really try to tell people like the work requires relationship, it requires Black leadership, it requires accountability. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a level of accountability that actually starts to build what feels like a family. Um, yeah. so that's actually what I've seen with the work of Check Your Privilege. It's not perfect. It's messy. It's complicated. It's really hard. But that's, <laughs> that's what happens. Your work as a mental health activist and educator led you to create Brown Sisters Speak. So um, you, you touched on it in the beginning, but can you tell me more about what you've learned through working in this capacity and creating this organization? Brown Sisters Speak was birthed in the fall of 2015 um, during my social entrepreneurship course. And the challenge was to create like a social enterprise. And so I rooted Brown Sisters Speak in my a seven-day stint in the mental health institution back in 2012. Um, I wanted to create a platform for women of color to feel safe to talk about their mental health. So it initially started with like, I'm going to create these little goodie bags and distributed them in the community of Oakland. And it actually ended up being like, I got five or six women around the country to kind of share their stories around living with mental illness or supporting someone with mental illness. And that's mm-hmm. really around 2016. And it started to develop into smaller uh, workshops. And then it then we were like, okay, let's shift from workshops to more, more peer circles. So we started sister circles, which were our 12 week, um, they're usually free, free 12 week um, community circles rooted in restorative justice practices and community building to give black and brown women safe spaces to talk openly about their mental health or issues that kind of matter to their heart. Um, and now we do therapy stipends. And so because of Check Your Privilege, in our community and just the growth and the shift. Um, we were able this last eight weeks to raise about $32,000 for our therapy stipend programs. And so wow. currently Brown Sister Speaks has 14 people. Uh, we're paying for 14 folks to have access to therapy, but we have a waiting list of 28. And so our work at Brown Sister Speak is really for black, brown, indigenous, Southeast Asian and Asian Pacific Islander women of color to really come together in sister circle and just talk and just share and just feel seen, heard and validated. And then our therapy stipends give access to healing. And so a portion Mm -hmm. of the proceeds of Check Your Privilege each month goes into Brown Sisters Speak to help us further our collective mission. Is Brown Sisters Speak in a specific area in America? Like is it in Oakland or can it be? 
We're okay. based in Oakland. Everything's been remote for us from the beginning. So this is super interesting seeing people like, what do you mean it's on, <laughs> online? Online, online is amazing. Um, but yeah, we're located <laughs> in Oakland, but we have women around the country that were paying oh, wow. for their stipends. So these, we have women in New York, we have women in Florida, um, we have women in Texas. We are paying for women and men to get their therapy mm -hmm. services around the country. And we are partnered with several uh, therapists who want to be of larger support to our mission. Okay. And how long do those stipends cover therapy for? Uh, we do 90 days, 12 weeks. Okay. Wow. That's about amazing. a 90-day commitment. And for me, as we were thinking about this, I'm like, well, they say it takes 90 days to break a habit. And while mm -hmm. we would love to pay for the full year, um, it's a start, right? Because mental health yeah. is so taboo in communities of color. It's mm -hmm. a start. So going off what you were saying in the beginning of the interview with life synergy and bringing synergy into one's life and having that work-life balance um, debunked kind of. Can you tell me more about what that means to you and how you found synergy in your life? I know you're like incredibly busy and a mom and businesswoman. Um, how has, you know, finding that synergy and helping others find that, uh, like what has that done for you and what have you seen happen in others' lives? Yeah, um, for me, it's definitely, you know, I came to Synergy thinking about mental health, like, that is the core of my work is always like, healing, unhealed, mm -hmm. and like the intersections of our how our unhealed and healed selves kind of create a divide. Um, so I was just mm -hmm. like, okay, work life balance, it's impossible, because I am a, let's talk about intersectionality, I am a black single mom of three children with special needs. Um, I have my own experience with depression, anxiety, PTSD. Like really, I can't have a life-work balance. It just doesn't exist. And so I, I started talking to some of my first clients and they're like, yeah, there is no life-work balance. And then I was like, what, what synergy? Like that just kept coming to me and I looked it up and it's like recognizing that, you know, when you combine all your efforts, you get a greater result. And so it's basically, it was just this methodology where I was teaching people every day, let's focus on the power of three things. What do you want to work on in your life? What do you want to work on in your business? And how are you going to take care of yourself so you're mentally well? Um, and mm -hmm. so when I think in terms of living a synergistic life, it's how are the ways that I'm showing up in my life and business supportive of what my family goals are, my family needs are, and really trying to be sustainable with that. Like, yes, I can mm -hmm. have a schedule and be super productive and tick off a to-do list, to -do list. Um, but it's more for me, this idea, this notion is that everything is energy. And if I can just think about the quick, the, the tasks for my life, the tasks for my family um, and making them super sustainable, it helps me feel mentally well. And so mm -hmm. for some of my clients, it's actually taking the synergy method and having our weekly check-ins and seeing like what's working in life, what's not working in life. Like, what do you need to do? What do you need to delegate? Like, it's just this mm -hmm. whole process of forming and being that I've seen clients actually come out on the other side and win. I have one that yeah. jokes around like, can I get certified in what you do? And I'm like, I don't have to get a new thing, but we can talk about it. Yeah. And how are some ways that you, you know, counsel others to begin to find that balance? Like, do you have any advice for how someone could find some life synergy within their life? I think it's, it really starts with being and noticing it's a noticing practice, right? 
Mm-hmm. So it's really taking the time to notice, like, what are the areas in your life that are out of balance? What are the mm-hmm. areas in your life that you need to heal? I think once you can work on that and work through that, that's how you start your process of synergy. You see, mm-hmm. like, life is, <laughs> again, it's the sum of what we produce. And so if you're recognizing that you're spending too much time working, which I've had to have that realization within these last eight weeks, and not enough time mm-hmm. lived into taking care of yourself or taking care of your family, then you want to scale back and, and, and find ways that are sustainable for you and your lifestyle. She is a city leader with Sidewalk Talk in Oakland, California, which is a nonprofit organization whose mission is to create communities of listeners who return to the same public spaces to practice heart-centered listening all over the world. So my next question has to go with your work as an Oakland leader for Sidewalk Talk. I think that's amazing, the mission of pulling up a chair on the street. I know now it's probably changed a lot with COVID, but um, what have you experienced and learned through just talking with people on the street and being open for conversation like that? When you can sit down and get, let someone tell their story, it gives them a sense of freedom. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's a freedom that people don't have on a day-to-day basis, right? Because we're living our lives. And even with COVID, because I did a couple online sessions back in April into May, um, even online, people need to be heard and people are seeking connection. And I think that's what I've always loved about Sidewalk Talk is this idea is that you can sit with someone, hear their story and let them hear themselves. And that's why I say people are the experts of their own lives. They just, we just need to feel heard and seen. And once we are heard and seen, we can show up better for ourselves. And so that's what the work of Sidewalk Talk does. And for me as a city leader, it really helps me to remember like I am holding space for someone to hear themselves and be felt in this and seen and for there to be a sense of connection in the process. So mm. um, yeah, I, I, it's a really great organization. I always tell folks to sign up, especially during COVID sign up, become Mm -hmm. a listener, sign up and be a part of their online listening sessions. Because even if you're just reflecting, even if you're not like someone who's sharing, like you still are like, it gives, it it does something. It does a thing I can't explain. It's kind of like, you know, it's that connection. You know, like Mm -hmm. the avatar when like they would connect the thing in his head and he'd like go into like that. It's similar. (laughs) I'm trying to get visual. But it's like you're, connected, you're plugged in. And I think that's what the world needs more of now than ever is just to be plugged in and be connected. Yeah, definitely. And is that something that people can like come back to, especially now that it's online? Can you, you know, like as a listener, can you have like the same person coming and, you know, scheduling a talk every week? Or is it something that's like a one time yeah, so city leaders are basically responsible for schedule, working with the uh, development team to schedule their sessions. And so if oh. you want to talk to the same person, just see if they have more sessions. If not, just sign up with a different uh, listener, a different listener, okay. you know? It's we're all okay. taught like and trained in the same way, but comfortability is, you know, whatever. So you never know, you might pop up and see me doing one here in the fall. <laughs> Thank you.
Maisha was on CNN the other week and she was talking about defunding the police and how that might look and what we can do to push that effort forward and what a call to action this time is in the wake of George Floyd's death and other wrongful deaths of black and brown lives. She also spoke about um, Joe Biden and how people, white men in particular, can really make a difference from being on the ground and being a part of the community. I highly recommend that you watch the interview. You can find it on her Instagram live uh, stories on her Instagram page at Maisha T. Hill. So I saw that you were on CNN, which was amazing. Um, I would love to hear about how that happened and how that experience was for you yeah it was quite interesting i think they were looking for someone to kind of talk about defunding the police um Mm -hmm. and they reached out to my team and we responded and within hours the same day we were on cnn um it it was it was you know they asked about what does defunding the police mean is it like liberating is it is it not so it was really my opportunity to just really explain like why we need to defund the police why it's important nationwide Mm -hmm. um that joe biden question they threw in at the end of joe biden (laughs) but it was a really cool experience like i was really glad that they used my voice to be a voice of the people um and really share you know how i was feeling yeah definitely i watched it and um i thought it was really great that they reached out and you already have you do so much and have so many different like hands and so many different baskets you know and I think that even on CNN having you on that is great too hopefully can like share some of the work that you do and some of the organizations that you have and that you work with so actually one of my last questions is what advice do you have for women in business, especially women of color as a mother, businesswoman, um, you know, organizer, <laughs> all the things that you do? Like, what advice would you give to other women? Yeah, uh, other women, uh, if I were to name anything specifically for women of color, I would say a couple things. Um, make sure you have your trinity, which is, I call it my self-care trinity, my therapist, my coach and my spiritual director. So for you as a woman of color, you need to make sure that you're always positioning yourself to have a healing space where you can go and decompress and let go of everything that you're holding on to because our mental health matters. And we need to break free of this superwoman complex that exists in communities of color, specifically black women. Mm -hmm. Um, For all women, other advice, get you a Trinity too. Again, some of you may have had access to that, right? When we think about racial disparities and mental wellness. Um, but for business women, get you a trinity. Um, and always, always find ways that your family can come first in your business. So as a former Mary Kay consultant, I love the mantra of God first, family second, career third. So what are the ways that you can embody the Mary Kay mission of really like, having your spiritual life be first, whether that's mindfulness and meditation, uh, a yoga practice, a self-care practice, um, keeping your family at the core and center, being your why, right? Or even if it's just you, maybe you are the why to break 
some generational cycles. And three, know that your career comes third. Know that like, yeah, you know, you're trying to build a maybe a six-figure business, but you don't know. You know, stay focused on that and stay focused on only for women always. I've, and I continue to lead with this is if I can only inspire one person by my own story or through the work that I do, as long as I have that one, I know I can keep going because at any moment your time can come and you're going to be ready because you've been only thinking that you only want to inspire one person. So imagine going from one to hundreds to thousands to millions, right? But mm -hmm. always keep in mind the power of that number one and always stay true to who you are. That's my advice. Thank you so much. I cannot tell you how much I appreciate the time that you took and just for sharing your story and the work that you do. Thank you so much for speaking with me. Anytime. Thank you. Reach out anytime. I'm around. You can find Maisha on Instagram at Maisha T. Hill. And also you can find Check Your Privilege on Instagram, Brown Sisters Speak on Instagram, on their websites. Just a quick Google search. Watch Maisha's interview on CNN and check out Maisha's book, Check Your Privilege, which she wrote with five other activists. And do the work. Live into the work. Niche down your journey, as she says. And truly take the time there's no better time like the present and thank you so much for listening i will see you in two weeks was created and produced by Mimi Healy with original sound design by Matthew Peary.